Hello and welcome to the Professional Appreciators Podcast. On today's show, we are talking about comic book movies. But wait, don't get too excited. Careful. Yeah, don't get too excited. We're asking the question, are there too many comic book movies? I don't know. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. So, you know, hey, get off the keyboard. Don't type your angry messages just yet. I heard an army of keyboards just getting ready. Yeah. Like the clacking of 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 fingers just getting warmed up. Yeah, relax. Don't get in the YouTube comments just yet. But before we get to any of that, Evan has something he needs to tell me. So I was directly attacked this weekend by something, by a piece of media on television. Oh. It was, I don't know how this happened, but it was directed straight towards me. And it was an SNL skit. And I'm assuming you did not watch SNL. Oh, I didn't get to watch it this week. Because I think you would have texted me immediately if you Ooh. saw this. Okay, I'm excited now. So... It was a uh, song. You know how every once in a while they'll have Pete Davidson do a song mm-hmm. and it involves other yeah. like cast members and usually they'll bring like... Like one the, of those uh, like hip hop songs. Or yeah. Something. yeah. And usually they'll bring like the uh, the musician, uh, whoever's playing that night in and like they'll have like a little right. verse or something like that. So this song, the subject matter was movies that are too long <laughs> 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 and how they don't want to how you don't want to sit down and watch a movie that's too long. You need a movie that's 90 minutes or an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes. So basically then they just rattle off options of movies Mm -hmm. that are the correct length, like good time, how to Mm -hmm. lose a guy in 10 days, like the movies that are the right appropriate yeah, those movies always go together in conversation. <laughs> no, but they just like, I don't know why those are the two that popped into my head, but, <laughs> and then they start, a double feature of those. Two? Then they start giving movies that are the opposite of that. Oh, like movies that are too dare. long. They didn't say heat. Did they? They said, they heat. said heat. <laughs> they are you kidding me? <laughs> what? I was like, I was already feeling like this feels directed towards me. And then they yeah. brought up heat and I was like, this is, this is too much. This is exactly, this is somehow aimed right at me yeah. watching this on there TV. There are so many long running movies that like <laughs> you could possibly make a case that are too long, even though I probably wouldn't, but heat is not one of those. Anyone watching heat should, should get to the credits and go, no, 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 even, there should be more. They even showed the runtime. They were like, <laughs> He was like, they stopped like in the song yeah. and they were like two hours and uh, like 90 something or no, no, I'm sorry. Two hours and like 50 something minutes. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what the runtime is, but uh, they brought up a couple of movies and I felt pretty attacked by some of the options, but especially Heat. Right. I felt attacked by. So I, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that to you. And if you want to watch it, then, All right. <laughs> then I'm, I might give it a watch and we might have to cut this out. Discuss but... it a little bit. <laughs> Okay, let's see. I'm going to just type in SNL long movies. Oh, yeah. So that's it. That's crazy. They must have... I forgot about the part where they said the only guy during Heat, everybody fell asleep except right. for the guy that picked the film. Yeah, I forgot about totally that part. I felt even more attacked that's by totally that. That's totally us, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. They must have listened to our episode... Like a couple months back where we talked about our movies too long. Like they had to have, right? A hundred percent. You know Pete yeah. David. You know Pete Davidson was just 
Yeah, listening trolling around listening to random podcasts. Yeah, yeah he definitely yeah. was. You know, Pete and Kim are, are just chilling, taking a drive somewhere, listening like, to us. They're like, hey, look, a new episode of oh. Professional Appreciators oh, wow. dropped. We've got about an hour drive. Yeah. Let's and, let's let's pop it on. Let's Kim's see like, should up. I should I share this with my millions of millions of followers? And Pete says, definitely not. No, Pete's like, no, it's actually more special if we just keep it to ourselves. Yeah, if it's just which just us, Pete, you know? Kim, if if y'all are listening, um, right? Thanks. I I appreciate the sentiment, but <laughs> yeah. you actually can share it. I mean, if you want, if you yeah, if you want, if you, you want know. to keep us just for you, that's fine too. Yeah, or you can become a patron. You know? Yeah, whatever. Twenty five yeah. bucks a month will let yeah. you come on the show. Yeah, that's a. Let's say a not planned segue, but uh, if you go to patreon.com slash why it's great for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron just like Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like, you know, maybe they are, but they requested not to have their names in the credits. Hey, you never know. You you never know. Yeah. But they're actually at the $1 a month level. (laughs) What if they did and they only do $1 a month? I just want the podcast a little early. That's all. It's like just a little early access. Yeah, we just want the early access. No movie no commentaries. Yeah, we don't. We don't want to be a guest. No, we no. just want a dollar. Just a little early. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it turns out a Kim Kardashian dollar is worth the same amount as your dollar. Straight up true. Yeah, that's that's America for you. Yeah, that's right. All right. That was a great segue. Good job on oh, that. Thank Andrew. you. Yeah, wow. I've been a. Nicely I've been done. taking some courses on how to integrate. <laughs> your patreon into the podcast naturally gotcha thanks yeah well well classes are paying off yeah they are yeah and that's why we need patreon income because to get more classes about how to get more classes are are not cheap right they are very expensive (laughs) yeah more than a dollar a month they are definitely more than a dollar a month um yeah you know what that actually somewhat ties into the conversation we're having today Mm -hmm. i don't want to go too deep into the whole long movie thing because we already we flushed that out. We had that conversation, but um, a couple of days ago, a clip after the Oscars of Trevor Noah kind of went viral. I don't know if you saw it, oh. but Trevor Noah kind of made a little video about how, you know, how come the movies nominated for Best Picture are movies no one's ever heard of? You know, it's not a comment that's unique. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. He every, went on saying, you know, there's always a couple every year. He said the movies nominated for Best Picture are like the vegetables of movies. Movies that we all should watch that are good for us, but like no one does. And they're they're not as easy to digest, even though they are good for us. And that created a lot of conversation because one, most of the movies nominated for Best Picture aren't always the most artsy-fartsy movie. They're, they're usually pretty accessible movies that just weren't made by Marvel or DC. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, usually they are there. You see more independent films in yeah. those categories. But like independent doesn't mean like but inaccessible I mean, or artsy. Yeah, really. Uh, like, it could be, it could be a lot. I don't want to use the word worse, right? But as far as artsy fartsy movies go, right? It could go a lot further than it does. Yeah, but basically, there's this plea out there, you know, saying, "Hey, how come the movies that..." are making the most money and are getting the most eyeballs and the most popularity. How come those aren't getting nominated? And I think that's a good starting point for the conversation of, are there too many comic book movies? Yeah. And so I I think I know the video is titled, are there too many comic book movies? But I don't want to make this a salacious, like, oh, comic book movies are 100% the problem. 
and they need to disappear. I actually don't think that. I really don't think that there's a simple answer to this question at all. Right. I think that the the happy place is somewhere between both right. extremes. Yeah. I just want to say, if you clicked on the video, I just want to say you're going to get a nuanced discussion. That's kind of what we're here for. But you can't sure. you can't create a nuanced title and get clicks. You know. Yeah. You sure. have to kind of frame it in like a very. You liar. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you imagine what the title would be like? Perhaps. Are there slightly too many comic book movies, but maybe we could find a middle ground yeah. question mark? <laughs> yes, you know? pass. Yeah. I'm going to pass on that. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah, the thumbnail image can only contain... Do comic book movies suck? Yeah, you have to you have to phrase yeah. it that way to get the click. Sure. Um, but let me start it like this. Um, actually, I had a good starting question, and now I kind of forgot it. Perfect. But... <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, I remember. I remember. I got it. Uh so Morbius just came out. Yeah. Neither of us watched it because it's Morbius. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's got a sick. <laughs> I mean, do you need another explanation? <laughs> Neither of us watched it because honestly, it's, it's Morbius. It's Morbius. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, okay. It's got a 16% of Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. I haven't seen a single person say on the internet whether someone I know someone who's like in the online film space say they like it yeah it made 40 million dollars on its opening weekend that's not crazy good but for a movie that got that panned mm -hmm. that's like 30 million dollars too much yeah. so my question is you have a movie that's a comic book movie no one liked it fans critics and yet it was the number one movie in america how come the only movies people are going out to see are comic book movies even if that movie is getting really bad word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Was that a question to me or was it rhetorical? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I think that that's a great question. And I wanted to bring up the quote uh, in an interview Jared Leto said about comic book movies. Right. He was... He said, uh, you know, because Jared Leto has been in way more indie movies indie films than he has like big franchise right. movies and he kind of equated it to like you know we should be we as like people that love the theater should really be happy that these movies exist to a certain extent mm -hmm. because to a certain extent without some of these movies in at critical moments maybe there wouldn't be the theater in our hometown anymore because there wouldn't have been that like steady stream of revenue coming in from right. people like being super committed to going and seeing these movies. So like on one hand, I think that there's like an epi economic kind of uh, way to think about it where you're like, okay, so even though maybe I don't enjoy these movies or get very much from, from them or, or like every one of them, I can at least say that like these movies to a certain extent are good for the longevity of the film industry. Like maybe I can get on that train a right. little bit. Maybe, well, but, I would <clears> probably <throat> say movie theater industry. Movie I don't know theater. about film industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good distinction to make. But uh, to, to get at your question, why are people still going to see these movies even on one, even on a movie that basically got horrible ratings, no one's talking about it, but it still has right. this like cult following. And I, I think it almost comes down to like the idea that 
Marvel has a reputation. And I think the reputation of Marvel is that 90 to 95% of what you get is going to be enjoyable. And it's going to be, for the most part, friendly for your family. Right. And uh, I think that people take that to the bank a lot and they're like, oh, a new Marvel Studios movie is dropping. Okay, let's go see it. Let's see what it's about. Because I've liked 90% of the Marvel movies I've seen and they've been like, my kids have loved them and they're like safe for everybody to watch for the most part. And I don't feel like I have to like go and like, I guess if you're a parent, you don't have to feel like you have to go and like sit there like, what's going to happen? Like, is, or is my kid going to like freak out and want to like run out of the, which Morbius actually is kind of scary looking a little bit, I guess for kids. Maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't be like I'm gonna sign my kid up to go see a vampire fly around and like. But he's a vampire suck, doctor, suck so blood. like in a way he's like <laughs> he's a vampire, but he's like also trying to heal people. You know? Right. So exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. That is kind of how I think about it. Like I think that there's just this following for Marvel now, and people feel safe yeah. going to see those movies because they've built up this reputation of like, you know. Spider-Man, the Avengers, Iron Man, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, like all of these franchise. Um, yeah. The like pee- the pee-pee poo-poo man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that are just like, they've been such huge successes and it's right. like, they'll, they're, they say, well, it's Marvel. So I'll at least give it a chance. So, yeah. well, I think with, regards to Morbius, the sad thing is I think Sony knows because they can slyly put the Marvel logo on the movie because it's a Marvel property, but it's not a Marvel cinematic universe, Marvel Studios. Right. Okay. So they can put in their trailer Marvel. Gotcha. It's not Marvel Studios. So this shows how much I know about the differentiation right. between like, well, that's the thing is like, yeah, Sony owns Morbius because Sony owns Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but Sony and Marvel Studios only have a deal with Spider-Man. Yeah. And so they can make a Morbius movie, say it's a Marvel movie, get some people who are like, oh, it's a Marvel, the colloquial way people talk about it. Yeah. Even though technically Kevin Feige, Marvel Studios had nothing to do with it. It is technically, it's a Marvel comic book character. They can get, they can get all the Marvel Studio fans. Yeah. To go see this movie, put in little effort, make mm. a terrible movie from what I've heard, and still recoup a decent opening weekend, which is just sure. really sad that it, it comes down to that. It's like we're at a state in movies where it's all IP driven. It's all um, based on audiences like pre-knowledge or expectations. And so studios know that if they just have these certain catchwords in it, these certain faces in it, yeah. it will recoup at least x amount of dollars yeah and yeah. like i know i know film has never and will never be purely artistic it won't sure yeah no but i think there was a time where there was a little bit more incentive to make something of artistic quality even though that wasn't the driving factor sure there was a little bit more incentive to do so but i feel like nowadays it is really much a monoculture it's very much like we know that you like all these being connected. You know what this word Marvel means. Yeah. And as long as we throw that in there, we're going to get butts and seats. Right. And it's so, like, we don't really care exactly who's directing it. We don't really care who's 
writing it. We kind of care who's starring in it. Is it a hot name? I feel like the majority of people, though, really don't care who's directing it or no, writing exactly. it. No, exactly. Like most people The studio don't. and the audience, like... And here's yeah. the thing, like, Marvel Studios does it better than, like, say, Sony. But yeah. at least even Marvel Studios, they go out and they hire very young up-and-coming directors because I think they know they can have a little bit more control over them. Sure. And that gives those up-and-coming directors, like like a, a way to step up the ladder a little bit. So it's kind of like right. a win-win. Yeah. But, you know, Marvel knows that people aren't necessarily going to see it for the director's name, ex- except for a few cases. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and I think it's important to, like, distinguish that, like, just because I feel like for some reason as human beings, we want so badly to be able to put the stamp of approval on, yeah. like, a company or something and be like everything that they do is good so i right. feel safe doing this because or going to see a marvel movie or whatever like i'll enjoy it a hundred percent of the time okay that's okay, what well, you want that reminds me of something okay. you're touching on it is that why do you think it is that we're at a point where people will not go see a movie and i know this goes beyond movies but people won't go see a movie unless they have a really really good indication of like how they'll feel about it before they even see it because hmm. I think you're yeah. touching on a big issue as to why comic book movies are so ubiquitous and have a monopoly on the theater is like you said earlier, people hear Marvel, they know what they're getting before they watch it. Yeah. Why do you think we got to this point where people will only go see a movie if they like have a 90% like guesstimation as to what they'll think about it? I think to a certain extent we discovered that people don't need nearly as much new stuff as we thought. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, there was a, uh, and I mean, I don't want it to necess- I don't want it to sound necessarily like I'm like giving people a hard time, but at the same time, I guess take this how you will. Like I think people got are more comfortable receiving things that they're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I think studios or, or certain people realized, okay, if we like kind of pump out similar stuff with like similar lighthearted kind of action and jokes and like, this is something people want. Like they, they want more of this content and us kind of rinsing and repeating a little bit, a little bit, is not going to necessarily be a bad thing. It's going to help our company. So I I think that for a long time, there was this idea that like, okay, like we did this, it's over. Let's move on to a new project, a new property, a new something else. I remember whenever we were young, grr. (laughs) Nice um, catch. I, I remember there being like a stigma around sequels. Yeah. Like it being the, uh, the, the overwhelming opinion about sequels was they'll ruin the entire thing with a sequel. It was like almost ubiquitous. Sequels are always worse. Sequels are bad. And most sequels went straight to DVD. Yeah. And there, there were not like whenever we were the age of a lot of the kids that are loving like Spider-Man and, and like all of these Marvel properties right now, whenever we were those, that age, we would never, if you had told us that there would be four Spider-Mans, mm-hmm. we would have like crapped our pants. We would have been like, what are you talking about? Oh! And, <laughs> or we would have said, oh, they're going to ruin it. 
Yeah. They're going to ruin the good one with all, with trying to just like go for a cash grab on the other ones. And I think the difference between now and then is that they figured out how to do really good sequels and trilogies well, and nowadays stuff like that. it's reverse like it's expected it's it's almost like the first movie is a trailer for the sequel exactly yeah and so many so many of these superhero movies it's like look i like comic book movies i really do but a big criticism is so many of them spend a lot of the runtime just setting up a, the next movie yeah and so it's all about sequels i now. think to like put that into into focus a little bit my brain kind of has to make this switch on like how much of this content do I want? And it makes me think of like the Bo Burnham special a little bit here. I made you some content. Oh yeah. Daddy made you some content, you know? And it's just like, am I the problem? Right. <laughs> like it, like me wanting so much of the same kind of content. Uh, and by me, I mean like myself, my friends, like the people that yeah. go and like visit the theater and buy tickets and watch these movies. Well, like, uh, like, are we kind of just fueling this like endless cycle of, yeah, I think, yeah, I think what's tricky is it goes both ways. Like, yeah. I, I think two things are true. Studios nowadays have more access to information they did in the past. Because if mm -hmm. you think about like pre-internet or early internet, yeah. movie studios really only had box office numbers to give any indication. Yeah. It's like, oh, this movie made a lot of money. People must like this. And then they had to play the game of like what part of this did they like? Right. I mean, I'm sure they did like surveys and stuff, but it's not the same as like nowadays. There's so much data about clicks and impressions on specific movie content it's like oh this character gets a lot of impressions on this article this website they have all this data like how old the audience is so they know yeah what we want what age group is gonna is the largest yeah. age group that's going like, to see it like they have all these analytics everything yeah. feels so like made in a lab for us that it's it, like it's almost like <clears throat> i hear pete holmes talk about it a lot yeah uh where it's like I don't want you to get like, I don't want you to always give me exactly what I want. Like because sometimes we're not always right. Sometimes I don't know what I want yeah, and exactly. I need to like figure it out. Like I don't want you to, it's, it's sometimes it feels like every week there's either like a new Marvel superhero TV dropping, a TV show dropping yep. or like a new Marvel superhero movie dropping. And it like gets overwhelming at this point. And it's like impossible to keep up with everything that's going on. And so there are people like us who grew up with comic book movies, who love comic book movies, yep. who absolutely have gone to like every single one that, th that we can. We've seen all the big ones. Yep. We've seen them together. Like we saw the first Iron Man together in theaters. Like yep. we saw, uh, we both have experiences seeing like the original Spider-Man's coming out, yep. Spider-Man movies coming out. And it's just like, we love these movies and these properties and like, they feel like home to us. And it feels like at this point to a certain extent, they're being turned back on us a little bit well, and being like, like well, how, this is what you wanted. This it's is like what how you asked social for. media has like really capitalized on how our brains work. Like social media knows that our brains stick to negativity more than they do to positivity. Right. Social media yeah. knows that like certain images really get your brain interested. And it's like, yeah, but like that's how our brains work, but you're taking advantage of it and you're, you're like turning the notch up too high and it's yeah. hurting us. Yeah. 
But the other thing that's true is we have more options nowadays. Yeah. So I think there, another reason why there's all these comic book movies is like you said, like the studios have realized that is like what we want, even though all, all the, not all the time. It's what we need. I'm not saying like we don't need them at all. Like I think we should no. have comic book movies. No, a hundred percent. But yeah, it's more attractive, like candy or something. But we have all these options to where we're less inclined to take a chance on a movie we don't know because we can stay home and watch Severance, which is amazing. Right. Or we can watch twenty different reality TV shows, or we yeah. can watch movies at home. And so, or we can make our own movies now on our cell phones and yeah. laptops. <laughs> so I think the audience too is playing into this because it, since movie theaters are more expensive nowadays and there's so many more options at home, people are going to go out and spend money when they know they're going to get the biggest bang for the buck and when they know they're going to like it. Yeah. So my theory is, which I don't even think is a theory, it's just a fact. People are going out to Marvel movies more than any other movie because they know they're going to, at the very least come away with a good time and like be able to talk about theories. Yeah. Other movies, they have no guarantee. And so that risk is gone. And before Netflix, the internet and all that stuff, all you had was the risk because yeah, there was nothing else to do, but go to the movie theater and just take a chance. Well, and let me just say, I feel like we could talk about this for three hours. Yeah. That's why this episode is three hours. No, it's not. (laughs) I no, I think we could talk about this for three hours and not scratch the surface genuinely, because I, I do feel like there are elements of this that reflect onto our culture. A lot of like, well, there's no time anymore. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to spend my time watching a movie or going out to see a movie, I want to make sure that it is something I'm going to enjoy. And there's an element of dissociate, like dissociating a little bit. And like some of the indie films are a little better at holding up a mirror and being like, Hey, look at yourself. This is what you look like right now. Don't you feel like this is something you need to address? You know, like if you're going to go see a movie, that's a little more artsy, like you may walk out, having a lot more of those things happening in your brain yeah. than at a Marvel movie. You're like, I'm just going to dissociate for a couple hours and like just live in this world where, you know, somebody can fall off of the Eiffel tower and not die or, you know, be, you yeah. know, the rescue, oh, be rescued or that? they'll fall in love. I which, which movie was that? That's uh, <laughs> that one is uh, Eiffel tower, man, <laughs> Eiffel tower, man. Yeah, oh, man. I, I that, love those comic books and his sidekick baguette boy. <laughs> Back in, get over here, Baguette Boy. <laughs> Gosh. Yours never mind. What about uh what about Croissant Lad? Qu- croissant Lad. Yeah. Croissant Lad. <laughs> He's like, get over here, Croissant Lad. Mm-mm, it's Croissant. Yeah, and he has a uh, He has a horrible French accent that for years has been debated if it's uh you know yeah. improper. And or it's not. not the person and of course the person that plays Croissant lad is not actually is not french. actually french so uh, he's in danger of getting canceled yeah because he's not actually french but then we find out that he's a quarter french way well, back french, quarter french canadian yeah yeah way back in his lineage so it yeah. kind of saves him and and uh, then yeah. he's fine but, but all those things he said on the joe rogan podcast uh, did not yeah help him. if yeah if he would have just not done that then yeah. he would have been fine but yeah, yeah. That, that anti-dinosaur diatribe really <laughs> really turns people off yeah 
dinosaurs are actually two dimensional. Yeah. 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 Well, like uh, birds, they're not real. Yeah, like birds. Whenever uh, the earth whenever the earth was flat, it was two dimensional and yeah. then a uh, asteroid hit it and it turned it three dimensional. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly uh, what happened. Anyway, we'll cut all this out. <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. Especially for YouTube. The yeah. audio people will get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh Yeah, I I I think it's just like I think the main problem is people want to know what they're getting before they press play because we've become so accustomed to having all these options. Yeah. And like just the way society is now, like that's, that's bigger than movies. That's how we treat almost everything. Yeah. It's like when it comes to all the stores we go to, the clothes we buy, the social media we use, it's all about like, we're not in it for like the trial and error. We just want to know. Because we treat time so differently nowadays and like this whole idea of like, we can't waste time. We can't waste time. Yeah. 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 I think that that is a heavy part of it. And like I said, I think it's, it is a very nuanced and layered conversation, but for the sake of conversation here, I mean, I would say, I think about the way I think about movies a lot of subjective art now, music, movies, stuff like that is I kind of segment it off in my mind. Mm -hmm. And there are to me, like the purely entertainment category Mm -hmm. of like, you know, uh, reality TV, um, you know, certain things that you're just going to like veg out to. And it's just like pure entertainment. And then there's this middle ground and I think where this is a this is where a lot of um, of really really good media like movies, art, and music falls in this middle ground of like it's extremely entertaining. It says something about the culture. Right. It's artistic. It kind of falls in this space between very entertaining and like very artsy. And then you have this other category that I go to of like this is just pure like art that is speaking Mm -hmm. to the culture and it's speaking to the human condition and I can watch this and learn about like different perspectives and what other people around the world are going through and, and other people around, around me in my country and in my, you know, in, you know, the the people that I live with and, and the people on planet earth are going through and like, I can, I can go to this category to kind of do that. So in my, in my brain, I kind of segment those things off and, um, I think of things a little bit in that way because it's just like guys like, um, uh, like, uh, uh, Jordan Peele, mm. like Damien Chazelle, like what these guys are doing right now is like unbelievable in the world, like in the climate that we're in at this moment mm-hmm. for them to land in that middle ground of like being so fiercely entertaining and saying so much about or the like culture to about yeah Denis exactly uh Christopher Nolan is yep. the same way like there there is a uh Tarantino he's he's from a different era I would right. say a little but, bit uh but kind of that same idea of being so fiercely entertaining but also really saying a lot about the human condition and the culture and really marrying those things together and uh I just think you're seeing less of that. And I think people are, they aren't gravitating to that necessarily as much as a desire. Right. Well, it's difficult too, because I don't know, like some people frame it as like, oh, 
comic book movies are entertaining and fun and the reason no one likes the artsy or independent movies is because they're boring and, well, I, like, and to be just... clear to be clear i think i can think of a lot of comic book movies that land in that middle category right like, right. Oh yeah. No. Exactly. There are many comic yeah. book movies. I'm that just land saying how in some that. people frame it, but yeah, I, I yeah. think it's not true because there are so many non-comic book movies or independent movies or just like normal traditional studio films that are entertaining. They don't have spectacle. Hmm. And I think that's a big difference. Is like when you're a lot of people would rather watch spectacle in a the theater because bigger screen. You're in like the audience seats, the bigger sound, like it lends more for spectacle. Yeah. Whereas like, I, I do believe independent artsier films are better on the big screen, mm-hmm. but in a, in a less obvious way, Yeah. because you think you can kind of get the same effect at home, even though I don't think you do, but it, it's a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I think spectacle is is kind of driving the movie theater nowadays yeah but i want to bring this back to our boy martin scorsese and i'm going to bring up his infamous comments and (laughs) oh boy i think i think uh if you're someone who hates what martin scorsese has to say like i really i really ask you to kind of just like take a step back and really look at it and see that Martin's trying to not make a blanket statement. He's really speaking about himself. Oh, you guys are, you're on Martin now. Yeah, me and Marty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're on Martin terms now. Yeah. I got you. Okay, just yeah, checking. Yeah, I took his master class, so we're close. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but this is, I, I got a quote here. It's from not the original interview that went viral. Right. It's from like his follow-up where he tried to like give context. Gotcha. But I think it's really insightful to what we're talking about when when we talk about the difference between comic book movies and like, just like the movies Martin Scorsese grew up with. Yeah. He, he starts by saying many of the elements that define cinema as I know it are there in Marvel pictures. What's not there is revelation, mm. mystery or genuine emotional danger. Nothing is at risk. The pictures are made to satisfy a specific set of demands and they are designed as variations on a finite number of themes. And then he goes on to say, in regards to like sequels, they are sequels in name, but they are remakes in spirit, and everything in them is officially sanctioned because it can't really be any other way. That's the nature of modern film franchises. Marketed, market-researched, audience-tested, vetted, modified, um, and remodified until they're ready for consumption. Hmm. And I kind of agree with that in the sense that, but I think what's hard is you hear that and you go, oh, that's a negative. But he's not saying that's a negative. No. He's just saying it's different than what he grew up with. Well, and I do feel when you hear that, it feels like it's very a very accurate picture of someone who has worked for a very long time in the film industry. Like we, we know all of these things are being audience tested. Right. We've all heard stories about studios coming in and cutting up the movie and changing it and trying to make it more digestible for audiences. Like we've all heard these stories and like that is not a far fetched thing to say by any means. That's, I mean, right. 
it's hard to hear because right. a lot of people really love these, the movies that he's talking about. But at the end of the day, it's very, very difficult to reconcile the fact that like some of these things that we love aren't necessarily um, pushing forward like and breaking new ground. Right. And again, there is absolutely well, nothing wrong with that. But it, it, it sounds like a negative when you talk about it. And it's like, how do we have these discussions without making it sound like we're just trying to like stomp yeah. all over? Well, it's the same thing. It's like there's nothing wrong. Hugely loved properties. There's it's nothing like, wrong with a pop song that's like nearly scientifically calculated to get the right hook to get your brain interested. There's nothing wrong with that. You no. need, sometimes you just need a pop song that's sometimes catchy. Sometimes you need it. Yeah, but I think what he's saying is like because superhero movies are pushing everything out and like again we covered earlier th there's two sides of it it's the studio and the audience like mm -hmm. the audience is choosing not to go and you know it's kind of like an ouroboros where it's like eating its own tail but you know for whatever reason all these movies that Martin Scorsese grew up with where it's about revelation it's about being pushed and challenged and surprised how I always heard it was Scorsese's films are about sin and redemption right there's there's this examination of the human condition mm -hmm. and I'm not saying comic movies don't do that but I think he makes a good point where he says there really is nothing at risk and I, I heard um, one of my favorite sci-fi authors um, Ted Chang say that um, all superhero movies are basically um, conservative he, he, not necessarily political but like as a way of life like they affirm the status quo mm. And that they're they're very conservative in the sense that it's about people who are special protecting the world from change and keeping thing keeping everything the same. Yeah. And there's nothing really anything wrong with that specifically, but when it becomes to dominate the culture and all we ever see is that. Sure. You could see that there could be a bad side effect of all we're doing is that there are certain special people out there who keep everything normal and make sure no changes happen. Sure. If you if you spread that out, you could see how that message isn't necessarily the healthiest message in the yeah. world. And I think there's something too. We need room for movies that challenge us, like the Pete Holmes thing you said earlier. It's like I don't always want what I want. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes I need to. I need what I need. That's not what I want. I said that very confusingly, but I it makes sense. Right. Yeah, I I know exactly yeah, what you mean. We need movies that when I go in. I, my worldview is challenged. Yeah. I'm like really shaken to the core. Silence by Scorsese, someone who grew up Christian. I watched that movie and I was challenged. I was rocked. Yeah. yeah. And we need that. We, we sometimes need that, that movies that cover the grays in human life. That isn't always just about, you know, a superhero going to die and hope oh, they didn't die because yeah. the superhero lives on forever, which yeah. sometimes that's fun and that's great. But the what we're talking about is a monopoly where that's all we have yeah well and here's the thing i didn't read this stuff that trevor noah said right uh but i don't have any problem with him referring to some of like the indie films and like some of the more artistic films as vegetables right and it's like look like okay so to follow that line of logic that you're saying that the most popular movies are junk food. Mm -hmm. That's, that's just, that's not 
far-fetched. I mean, it, I mean, I guess analogy-wise, yeah. Analogy-wise, if the movies that are nominated at the Oscars are vegetables, mm-hmm. then the rest of the movies that are making all the money are they junk food? Like, what are they then? You know right. what I mean? That's the question I'm asking. And so it's like, it's we need both things. Like, if we're gonna yeah. take that metaphor all the way to its like logical conclusion. Like you can't just eat vegetables all the time. Right. You can't just eat like junk food and delicious like pizza and stuff all the time. It's like you have to have both of those things like existing yeah. and coalescing together. Well, dude, man, freaking Taco Bell does this where it's like Taco <laughs> Bell knows what I what I want to a T. It goes like, hey, man, you know, your regular normal beefy burrito. Uh-huh. Yeah. What if what if we get some like chicken tenders? And put that in a taco because we know you like chicken tenders. And I'm like, every part of my body is like, yes. But another part of me is like, that's too, that's too much. That's too much Taco Bell. Hey, you know, pizza. What if we did a Mexican pizza Oh, and we just, it's pizza, but just Taco Bell ingredients yeah. on top. Yeah. How about that? What if we got your favorite burrito, cheese, beef, all the delicious things. Mm. And we just put Fritos inside of it. <laughs> yeah. What if we made like, a shell of a taco out of Doritos for guys? Yeah. It's like, look, I know I want that Taco Bell, but like, you can't always uh, give me what I want. <laughs> taco Bell, That's man. That's not good. They're the marvel of the fast food industry. And it's like, yeah, you know what? When you've been eating well all week and you yeah. decide, you know, like, I'm going to go late to Taco Bell on a Thursday night. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. But sometimes you need to challenge yourself and eat yeah. something unexpected yeah yeah a nice as trevor noah would say it vegetable vegetable <laughs> which is ironic coming from someone like me who hates vegetables yeah but, um, well, you love movie vegetables right i don't know i i think just in case anyone's misheard us comic book movies are not bad i love comic book movies love them I love comic book movies. Really My do. favorite movies growing up and still some of my favorites are the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. I love those. I remember standing up because I had gotten the DVD for my birthday. Right. I remember standing up in my living room and like having the DVD and being so excited to be able to rewatch yeah. it. Standing up and just like standing in front of the screen and watching Spider-Man like on DVD for the first time and just being like so in awe of the fact that I would be able to watch this freely whenever I wished. It was like the greatest gift. And it's just like, we've both had those kind of moments with comic book movies. Yeah. Like we love them. And that's the thing where it's like, it's, it sucks to have to have these conversations that make it sound like you're being negative around them. Yeah. But just like anything, they're not all created equal. Like, James Gunn, for instance, has done some really awesome stuff with comic books lately. Like from the Peacemaker to the Suicide Squad to um, the uh, Guardians movies. Like he's done really awesome stuff. And like that, those are all examples of movies that I love and I would go see. Uh, over and over again and we watch the show and we love the show yeah. and it's hilarious he does he does a great and job of finding that 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 middle that true area. human emotion and human connection with real stakes yeah in like a bombastic populist kind of spectacle yeah all that to say like we don't want you to mishear us and think that we're just like sitting around like bashing superhero movies because we genuinely love right these properties 
Right. Well, and that's the thing is like, if the only movies you like are comic book movies and you've tried, but like for the most part, like just for some reason, that's the only itch you need scratched movie wise. That's totally fine. Yeah. But the problem we're talking about, like at large is all these other movies that have a lot to offer to other people are being pushed aside and marginalized and people like Francis Ford Coppola, who's one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, can't get funding for a movie. Hmm. But I guarantee you, if he wanted to do a comic book movie, he could easily get funding. Mm-hmm. And all these movies, like The Northman, is having such a hard time finding like distribution. I think, and mm-hmm. it's just like, and like all these other movies are getting pushed straight to streaming and aren't aren't being put in theaters because yeah. the movie studios are going well. Actually, we're probably going to lose some money if we put it in theaters instead of going straight to streaming, mm-hmm. and that's sad. Yeah, and. There's nothing wrong with just addressing like, hey, these things that are good and that we love, maybe you're just taking up too much of the pie. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking that. No, I don't think so either. And uh, man, I just can't stop thinking about how awesome the Northman is. The Northman is going to be here. I thought you were to say Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I just really want Taco Bell right now. Yeah. No, but. uh, Well, yeah, there was uh, some critic screenings uh, today and some really positive word of mouth. Dude, it looks it looks really really cool but no i think that you're i think that you're right and i mean no big shock that we agree with each other (laughs) but uh but yeah no i think that there's a way for both things to exist and to help each other like because i think i love theaters and the last thing i want is for theaters to close right i love movie theaters and if superhero movies can help keep movie theaters open like I'm all for that, yeah. but I think that we just have to like get real about some of the stuff that's going on with that. And, and I don't know if we'll ever necessarily reach a point where people are like asking questions about like, well, what entertainment am I, lo- am I watching? And like, how right. does that help the people that are making these things like for the guy that's like sitting in his bedroom right now writing an original script and like trying to get it made for like the next Scorsese like the next guy that wants to to really try to find that middle ground of like hugely popular and say a lot about the culture like for the next person that wants to like really be in that space like is Marvel the the way to go like are they are they going to be a friend to filmmakers and, and stuff in the future? And I don't like sitting around and comparing, but it feels like the DC universe is definitely taking that approach more of like putting trust in like yeah. the artists and DC the filmmakers. DC is definitely just being like, we're just going to hire like these known filmmakers and just let them do what they want. Right. And it, not to say it was always that way. No. It is recently opening up a little bit to be they don't even care about if the movies connect a little more like that um but uh yeah i don't know what else to say yeah no i think uh, yeah i think we've just about covered it but um i just i just think you know a takeaway i guess is just to be open to that risk you know like yeah i I understand that when you're spending money at the movie theater you kind of want some guarantee but yeah but let's be honest here man like eating our vegetables is easier than ever right like i whenever coda won best picture i hadn't seen it yet yeah the next day 
I went on Apple Plus and just watched it. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, like it, uh, it's not always as deep as like, well, I spent money on a ticket and yeah. I didn't like it. So money down the drain. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like start at home and then like get a sense of like what type of non-comic book directors you like and you're yeah. more willing to like take that risk at the theater. Yeah. Or just, you know, like do a little research on the movie, like read a couple reviews of a non-comic book movie and get an idea like, oh, is this the type of movie I, I'd want to see? Mm-hmm. But it, it's really sad that we exist in the world where when Nightmare Alley came out, I wanted to see it in theater. But Spider-Man was also out and Spider-Man was was taking up the theaters Nightmare Alley is supposed to show in and Disney was asking movie theaters to pull Nightmare Alley. Oh, man. Which they could because at the time that because they own Fox now and it was a Fox film. Wow, but it's like, yeah. how sad is that? Or I wanted to see Licorice Pizza and it was just not available anywhere for the longest time. Yeah, I, have, I still haven't been able to. And I, I finally mean, was I able wasn't to, able to see it yeah, in theaters at all. I was all, finally so. able to watch it, but it was at home because yeah. I missed the the one week window at my theater to watch it. And Which is crazy to think that like, I don't think many people are going to argue about the fact that Paul Thomas Anderson is one of the great filmmakers of like right. our time. And he had a new film come out and like, couldn't get it in, couldn't theaters, get it in theaters. Like that's in ridiculous. That's, so. that's insane. Like I just, I, I think my takeaway is like, I think both things can exist. Right. I think the spectacle and like the excitement of like a new Spider-Man coming out can exist. And the excitement of wanting to go see a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie in a theater can exist also at the same time. Well, and I'll just say this. If you're someone who doesn't necessarily love film or movies, but likes certain types of movies, fine. Just stick to what you know. That's fair. Yeah. But if you're someone who actually really is interested in movies and film, Mm -hmm. be open to the fact that like sometimes you're going to go to the theater and the movie just isn't going to work. But, but learn to appreciate that experience because Mm. I love going to the movie theater and if the movie doesn't work, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't feel like I wasted my time because I love the art form in general. And I know that I can later talk to you or whoever and be like, why didn't that movie work? And there's value in that. Well, and maybe you're not seeing why it worked right at first. And then you start to understand it. Uh, that has happened to me a ton of times, like in conversation about movies and stuff after I had seen them. Um, We put so much emphasis on the immediate satisfaction where it's like, I feel like that's not the point of the experience. Yeah, no, but I, I, um, no, I completely agree with you. And it's like, learn to, to appreciate the, the experience of going, but also what always helps me, especially whenever I go to a movie and I, I realize like, I don't think it's quite working for me is just to think like, so many people were involved in like putting this together yeah. and for a lot of those people like filmmaking is their passion like it's it's what they want to be doing with their lives like they're passionate about it and like someone somewhere worked so hard to edit that or to you know like i, I always think about the fact where it's like okay so i liked either like this scene or I liked how Mm. this part was shot or lit or like edited or written or, you know, whatever it is where it's like, there are always pieces in there that you can see, like there's an artist at work here trying to figure out their craft or honing it or like, you know, somebody was working hard on this to make it good. And you can always 
appreciate that about it along with the experience of going yeah. and stuff. So I always, I just try to think about those things as well whenever I'm watching these movies. Yeah. No, like I mean, perfect example. Like last week we were talking about Coda and it's like, we didn't like every single thing about Coda, but like we could really admire the fact that like somebody like scraped together the money for this movie and like out of pure passion and will mm -hmm. for like loving filmmaking like got this done and it yeah. was good and like spoke to an experience that that a lot of people have and that's mm -hmm. important yeah so yeah so evan's takeaway is burn every comic book movie you own what day yeah. <laughs> just get rid of it and watch heat yeah if you skip <laughs> if you skip to the very end yeah i just want you to know evan hates you and your comic book movies oh, <laughs> wow <laughs> my gosh oh man might as well double down yeah my yeah <laughs> that's right yeah me and baguette boy <laughs> my address is no, yeah. <laughs> all right well that has been our discussion on are there too many comic book movies i don't know why i said it like that but <laughs> <laughs> are there too many comic book movies the answer is yes yeah and no Yes and no. All right. Well, uh, if you are watching on YouTube, the highlighted clips, you can go to the link below and listen to the full podcast where you missed out on some great anecdotes like Evan's made up superhero uh, Empire State Man. Empire State Man and his sidekick Baguette Boy. Yeah. yeah and Croissant Lad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, hey, if you missed out on that, you can go to the links below and listen to the full audio podcast. Uh, also, you can go to patreon.com slash why it's great and you can become a patron for as little as one dollar a month and get early access to the videos to the podcast and for a little extra dough you can get some movie commentaries and a 60 to 90 second feature on this podcast so i mean come on like what is there what is there not for you to love exactly and actually by the way it was Eiffel Tower Man. Oh. And Baguette Eif Boy. Eiffel not Tower Empire Man. Not Empire State Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Empire Eiffel State Tower Man. Man. Okay. We got to get it right. Got my New York buildings and statues mixed up. Yeah. And uh, countries that yeah. they're in, oh, I suppose. I'm, I, I deeply apologize for your new creation. Careful, dude. You don't want to get canceled like croissant man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Listen to the full po uh, Listen to the full audio podcast. Audio podcast is so redundant. <laughs> the podcast and then uh oh man yeah it is audio yeah. podcast because it's it means the same thing anyway yeah i obviously just need to stop yeah for for five dollars a month you can you get can, me to shut up you can get andrew to shut up about <laughs> yeah. the patreon all right guys thanks for watching see you next week see you